I'm Louise Giulio, Executive Director of AW New York and Global Partnerships here at Advertising Week. And I'm Ruth Mortimer, Global President at Advertising Week. You're listening to the Futures Female Podcast from Advertising Week in partnership with LinkedIn. Each week on the Future is Female podcast, we'll be speaking to female leaders from across the industry. These exceptional leaders, fearless visionaries, and trailblazing executives will share their stories and offer advice to all women in the workplace, regardless of seniority. Thank you for joining us, and please consider subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, or your podcast platform of choice. Today, we're joined by Jody Shiroma, Vice President of Communications at PBS Hawaii. Jody is a recent Futurist Female Award winner, winning the award this past year at Advertising Week New York. On today's episode, we'll focus on the importance of empathy in the workplace. Jody will talk us through her career, tell us a little bit about her own girl tribe, and tell us why it's always important to lead with humanity and an open heart. Enjoy. Hi, Jody. Welcome to the show. We're so excited to have you here with us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited too. Awesome. So let's dive right in. Can you start by telling us a little bit about your career and where you are today? Sure. So I'd like to start from the beginning. So I consider myself a storyteller, a storyteller who creates the most impact possible in my community, which is here in the state of Hawaii. I turned my passion for storytelling and giving back into my career. And, you know, growing up, I was always fascinated by stories and primarily the stories of other people. You know, imagine an eight-year-old girl riding her bike in the neighborhood, heading over to the public library, and I would spend hours and hours on end in the library aisles reading books, engrossed in the stories there. And, um, you know, every so often, throughout maybe once once or twice a year we take large family camping trips um, to the north shore of the island of Oahu and I would listen riveted to my grandpa who I call Gigi and he would share stories and experiences of him growing up as a child on the island of Maui and mostly he shared ghost stories which I completely was fascinated by and then <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why I like ghost stories I love that. <laughs> And um, so then I, you know, when I got into college, I became a journalism major and I was again telling stories. And then when I graduated, you know, I thought I would be telling my own stories. And this was pre, you know, influencer and YouTube and all of that. Um, But I thought I would share my stories of a girl, a dog and a backpack because I had a little little miniature long-haired dachshund named Milo. And I thought I would, you know, from his perspective, kind of travel around the world and, and kind of tell his story through, through our travels. <laughs> but as life would have it, um, that didn't happen. I actually continued telling other people's stories. I worked for an ad agency or several ad agencies. And then I, um, started a youth magazine called Sassy and G magazine with a with a partner and told stories through the voices of teenagers, middle, intermediate and high school kids. And then I stopped doing that and I told the story of struggle and hope for a local nonprofit, which is part of the United Way system called Aloha United Way. 
And then now I'm at PBS Hawaii, where our mission is to tell stories that touch people's lives. So story, story, stories equates to storyteller. <laughs> wow, I love all that. And thank you for sharing. And, you know, you may have had, you know, the past of telling other people's stories, but we're so excited to have you here today to tell your story. And particularly here, you know, a little bit about Gigi and Milo. I think that you know, really speaks to what we're focusing here on for this episode, you know, and why empathy is so important. So in all of those, you know, those years past and kind of in telling those stories and being a storyteller, can you share some personal success stories or milestones from your career that you're particularly proud of throughout those years and the time that you led up to CBS? And, you know, what, what might other women find inspiring from this? I think particularly as we initially started our career, a lot of people want to focus on telling their own story, but then you realize, in a sense, you have to kind of follow where the opportunities and where the money goes. So what kind of, you know, what different milestones have you had and something that women might find inspiring as they continue to build their own own careers and stories? Yeah, definitely. Thank you. So if I had to select a personal success story, I guess it would be really being a single mom raising two daughters. So I got divorced when my my daughters, I actually have two daughters, when they were two and six. So I raised them both without the help of their father. You know, and at times I wasn't certain if I could do it alone, yet I did. You know, I persevered, I sacrificed. I made sure that um, India and Sage, which are my daughter's names, were my priority, but also at the same time trying to balance my professional life. You know, and some people... I, I mean, I've heard this throughout my career, you can't have it all, but I really try to. I mean, that was really important for me and for me to show my daughters that you can, for lack of a better description, have your cake and eat it too. So I took my daughters, I took Indian Sage at two and six. I mean, they went to every work function that I needed to be at on weekends. <laughs> so, you know, some people say they were voluntold. <laughs> I, <Yeah>. dragged, <laughs> I dragged them with me um, when they were young. They would sit in the corner on, you know, reading a book or on their iPad while I hosted fundraisers and putting on events for the local nonprofit that I was working at. If our group was doing a book drive or a school supply drive or we did beach cleanups, they came with me, you know, and whether they understood it at the time or not, these volunteer opportunities and work functions showed them the importance of giving back and helping better the community through other people's stories, through, you know, what I was doing, trying to, I guess, share a story of success in, in the way that I could. And I think that for other women, I think it can be done. You know, I never apologized for bringing the girls with me. I mean, it was what it was. I mean, my boss and my team, they knew that that's what I needed to do. And fortunately, they respected that. I mean, I I don't want to say I had no choice, but if I came with two kids, they were part of the package. So they had to they had to come with me, you know. And so I think that that was important. And then on the flip side, I made a point of being present with them, too. So, you know, I, I guess you could call it a sacrifice, but like I would use my vacation time to attend every school function that I could, that they had. So when they were little, I volunteered as a parent chaperone for their field trips. 
we have this thing in Hawaii called May Day celebrations where, you know, um, the different grade levels dance hula or they perform songs of Hawaiian to Hawaiian music. So I'd attend those, the Christmas concert, summer fun, they'd have these finales. I'd, you know, make sure I went to every single one. So I gave up some things, but I also think I get, I, I gain things in return, if that makes sense, if that makes sense. It does. And that's, you know, really beautiful to hear. And so honest, I'm actually also very close with my mom. So hearing that is so heartwarming. And I'm sure our listeners, you know, are, are really finding that heartwarming too. And if there are still any dry eyes, this next question may, <laughs> may get rid of them, but you are also a recent futurist female winner. In addition to all the successes that you've had, that is a new success and congratulations. You won this this last edition here at Advertising Week New York, and we are so honored to have you as in our in our network now. And this was particularly special as your nomination was actually submitted by one of your daughters. And she said, and I quote in the nomination, do no harm, be a good person, do great work, be a hero, do the right thing, be mindful, do right by others, cultivate gratitude. Leave the world a better place. That's the belief that Jody Shiroma, my mom, tries to live in both her professional and personal life. So that's a beautiful nomination. And I know that all of us who read the entries were really blown away by that little excerpt, but all of what she wrote. Can you tell us a little bit more about what this means to you? And particularly after, you know, the stories you just told us about how, you know, it was really this tribe of three of you, it sounds like forever you know, how can others kind of incorporate these qualities and, you know, building up something so beautiful in their everyday lives? And why is something like this important in business? You mentioned that, you know, your bosses knew the girls came with you. Why, how do you think that led to your success? And why is it important, especially for women listening today, the lines of home and work continue to get even more and more blurred? Thank you. Thank you for asking me that. That made me a little emotional while you while you read that. Like you you don't know as a parent. Makes two so. of us. <laughs> yeah, you don't know as a parent, you know, if you're doing right by your kids, I think sometimes. And and as a single mom, sometimes you you don't know at all because you're you're juggling so many different things. And you're right. It it is and has been the three of us. We've been a tribe for so long. It's like our own little yeah, our own little tribe, you know, the three of us and a dog. <laughs> I think that, you know, those things, I, you know, being a good person, doing no harm, being mindful, leaving the world a better place. And, you know, some of the other things she mentioned, um, they're, they're both difficult and easy to achieve. I think it's something that I am consciously thinking about every day. For me, it means like, so starting my day in gratitude and ending my day in gratitude with positive affirmations and prayers. I mean, this is maybe TMI, but like when I get up in the morning, when my alarm goes off, I, you know, I, I lay in bed for like 10 minutes and I just want to start the day positively, you know, being mindful of what I'm going to do. How am I going to, you know, what three things am I going to do to leave the world a better place today? You know, and then when I shower, I do a bunch of positive affirmations. So I, when I'm washing it off, like I wash off like negativity, I wash off, you know, I don't know, danger, you know, whatever it is, like things that I want to wash off, stuff that maybe happened that I wasn't proud of. And then I, 
And then I shower myself with blessings. I shower myself with positivity, you know, so I do a wash off and then a shower with, you know, so that's really important to me. It also is responding to, I mean, it's simple things like responding to a text or an email in a timely manner so that the person on the other end knows that I'm, I'm mindful and I care, you know, it means for me bringing my best every day, even when I'm tired, because like, for example, this past weekend, my younger daughter was sick. So, you know, staying up with her all night or like my older daughter over the Thanksgiving weekend, um, she was heading from college to a family friend's home and it was her first solo airline flight. So she was really nervous. So like with the time difference, she's in, you know, she's on the West Coast and obviously I'm in Hawaii. So you know, her flight was leaving at six in the morning, which is two hours or was two hours back for me. And so, you know, I was up with her texting, making sure she got through TSA, making sure she got on her flight, making sure she got into the lift safely. And, you know, she got to her destination and all of those things. So even if all of those things are happening and I'm tired and caffeine doesn't do its job, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I still have to, I still have to do right by everyone else. You know, I still have to be a good person. I still have to be grateful. I still have to, you know, make sure I'm doing all of those things. And so, you know, it's that and being present, you know, listening to my employees, checking in with them. When I ask them about their weekend, I, I mean, I, I don't know if other people are guilty of this, but sometimes when, you know, your employee comes up to you and has a question you know, you're still typing, you know, you're responding to an email and you're like, but it's really like stopping what I'm doing, being present and listening to what they have to say, whether it's for them or my my daughters. And I always think, you know, we only have so much time on this earth and what are we going to do with this time that we're given? And, you know, and I always tell that to, I or I still do tell that to my, my kids, you know, and one of the things I think is so important is leaving the world a better place, you know, and that whether it's leaving your job a better place because of the impact that you have on your team or in the community, or your family or your friends and how you treat them and how you act or, you know, I, it's so important to me. That's an amazing, you know, little tangible nuggets, we'll say coming out of that and really admirable with the the way you start your day each day. And I think we can all take something from that, particularly, you know, from a business perspective too, as times get really busy and sometimes we all can, you know, I know for myself, at least personally, the work can consume you almost. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have that perspective, we'll say. Um, and that's definitely something that I think I will personally be going back to listen to as, as the days and months go on here. So kind of staying on the, you know, the realm of your daughters and managing, you know, the home versus work and, you know, speaking of this tribe, how do you think that, you know, building this tribe has not only furthered your own career, you know, and really helped you grow as both a, a woman and, and a professional, but how do you think that managing something like home versus work and, you know, we've heard for years about work-life balance and it's become such a buzzword. It's almost like, I hate even hearing myself say the words out loud at this point. Um, how do things like this and the honesty of how we're we're talking about it and you've really kind of, sounds like 
been leading the way of where we've been, where we've finally become, but you've been doing it for years. So, you know, where we are now, you've kind of, in your own way, have led us there. How do you think this impacts women's career trajectories? And, you know, where do you think we're, we're, how are we benefiting from this? And where are we going from here? I think that, so, I mean, as a single mom, I don't think it's not, it hasn't always been easy and it's not always easy. You know, I think that when you have a partner, um, sometimes it makes it easier because you can balance and, and lean on each other to, you know, for pickups and drop offs and, you know, emotional and mental support and stuff. But as a single mom, you're kind of everything, your mom, dad, best friend, whatever, tyrant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're a little bit of everything, you know, um, I do think, though, you know, I a lot of times women, you say, I can't, you know, work-life balance. I don't know if I can, you know, can, you, you know, you can try. I mean, I think that's what I always did. Like I said earlier, I mean, I brought my littles with me to the functions and then I went to theirs. I mean, you know, I wanted to be present. I was willing to make, I guess, if you want to call it a sacrifice for them. And I think it does affect women's career tra- trajectories, excuse me, yet it doesn't have to, you know. Um, I was fortunate when I was younger and I didn't have kids. I attended a lot of evening networking functions. I started to build my base and, you know, do all of that, you know, make contacts, network, try to move up the corporate ladder. And then I became a mom and then I shifted what I did. I just prioritized differently and I only attended what I felt was necessary. So I didn't feel I was like missing out. You know, I felt my balance was good. But, you know, but sometimes, I mean, I do say like I'm um, I'm very anal about scheduling everything. I mean, I schedule everything. So like every year, my daughter's, each of their school calendars are like color coded in my in my phone, <laughs> you know, like total nerd action. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I have it all scheduled out. I have my stuff scheduled. I have my work a certain color. Like my work stuff is more like a tan. My personal is, you know, a green. Sage has a pink. India's is purple. You know, so everybody's is color coded so that we have everything on our calendar and nothing falls between the cracks. You know, I, I think that, I mean, if I had to say, give a nugget of work-life balance, I mean, I think that we have to do what's right for us and some things are going to rise to the top and some things aren't and we have to be okay with that you know and i think your kids if you're balancing your home life with children or with a spouse or a significant other they have to also be okay and understanding i think my kids they saw what i was doing and they understood there were some nights mommy had to stay up late after i put them to bed because I just needed to get a report or, you know, a press release or something written or out. And they understood that. But they also understood that I it didn't harm them because I was also going to show up at, uh, you know, I'm going to get up in the morning and take them to school on time or they're going to have, I mean, they're going to see me at a field trip, right? But there were some things that were sacrificed. Like, honestly, like there was, I did not make gourmet dinners. I mean, I mean, we were, I wasn't making no four course dinners. You know what I mean? I mean, it was homemade, but it, you know, we had, 
I mean, my daughters laugh because we had breakfast a lot of times for dinner. So, you know, Oh, I it, love breakfast yeah. for dinner. <laughs> right? <laughs> Isn't it the best? I do. It's the best. <laughs> so that's what we had a lot, you know, and then weekends, you know, I work in nonprofit. I'm not making, you know, large amounts of money. So, you know, we spent weekends doing a lot of free things. So, you know, sacrificing doing things like we hiked a lot or we swam at the beach I, I we're lucky we live in Hawaii so it's it's sunny you know almost 99% of the time so we could be outdoors a lot or you know we did goofy things too like we would dress up all the time and blast our music and we'd wear wigs and make dance videos you know like and then when when COVID hit I got on TikTok just so I could do stuff with my daughters and, you know, we were making TikTok videos and making cooking videos and, you know, just having fun and balancing life out so that it wasn't just work, work, work or play, 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 I guess, if that makes sense. It does. And as I sit here on a freezing cold New York day, I am bundled up in a sweater. I'm jealous of your, um, I mean, imagine beautiful background in Hawaii today. But kind of tying this back, you know, I think it's by now very clear to all of our listeners that, you know, you are, you ooze empathy and kindness. You know, how has leading with empathy and kindness helped you in your career and on your leadership journey? And why do you think it's important that that this is always present and what can other leaders and companies you think, what do you think that other leaders and companies can be doing to ensure it's, it's top of mind in their organization? Sure. So, so I think for me, leading with empathy and kindness has helped me because it's allowed me to see things outside of my own perspective to look beyond who I am. Um, for me, I really listen to what my employees say and they're all different. They're all in different um, phases of their lives. I have both female and male employees that work for me, and I've had that throughout my career, you know, and I've always forged strong relationships with them. And I think part of the reason why is I've understood, you know, and I've listened and I've been flexible. And I think it's really important. I don't think we can use a cookie cutter template for leadership. I think that, I mean, if we use the guiding star of, leading with empathy and kindness, yes, but underneath it, each person, each employee is very, very different. They're all unique in their own ways. So to give you an example, right now I have an employee who is going to be a father for the first time. So his needs are very, very different. And then I have an employee who has two children that he ha who are, one is in middle school and one is in high school and some of the balance and challenges that he has in pickups and drop-offs. Then I have another one. I have two that are single. You know, in the past, I've had employees who are caregivers for their parents. So I think that being empathetic and kind and understanding that life happens and that work is just one small speck in the overall scope of their lives and making their lives better um, for me is really important. And to me, if I can understand and be and empathize with my employees, I think they'll work harder, work harder for not just for me, but for the organization as a whole.
they'll have appreciation. And if we're only focused on us, 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 us as a business, we're not being human and we're not caring about people. So to me, it's people first and empathy and kindness is where we start with that. I completely agree with that. And I also think, you know, you also never know what people are going through mm -hmm. um, outside of work, really. They can tell you surface level, but, you know, maybe they're having a bad day based for personal reasons and having that empathy and kindness. They're, they're so lucky to have you um, and have you bring that to them. Um, and as we, as we think of this and, you know, you mentioned tying back to organizations and why it's beneficial to them. Um, what steps do you think that organizations can take to promote kindness and empathy in the workplace? Yeah. Um, great question. I think that we, we can say we're being kind, but I think we can't just talk the talk. We have to walk the walk. Actions speak louder than words, right? We have to really pay attention. We have to listen to listen and not to be heard. Um, we have to hold ourselves accountable. You know, we have to, if we're wrong, we have to own it. And if your employees are wrong, we have to own it. We have to watch out for burnout. I think if there was anything that COVID showed us was burnout <laughs> on so yeah. many different different levels. And now that we're, you know, three years out or, you know, several years out, I think that burnout still happens. It just happens in different ways, you know, Um I think that what em employers can do, we can talk about things. We can have open conversations with our employees. I What I do is I have, we have group meetings weekly, but we also have one-on-ones monthly. And that's their opportunity, each employee to just share with me whatever they have to share. Even if it's complaints about me, how can I be a better manager? What can I do to support and help you? What resources do you need? You know, and then giving employees opportunities. I think that some sometimes being kind is just giving them a boost up and allowing them to lead and have the spotlight, sh you know, shine on them. I think that's really being kind and allowing them to to shine and grow and sometimes understand. Like I had an employee recently who came to me and talked about um, pay you know, and she yeah. was, and she was afraid, actually, she was really afraid because of past experiences. And, you know, after we had the conversation, she, she thanked me and said, you know, she was really nervous about talking to me because of, you know, what had unfolded at prior jobs when she's had these types of conversations. And she appreciated that I understood and I was open because we all, we all have needs and we all have I mean, salary is probably one of the hardest, <laughs> hardest <Yeah>. conversations <laughs> to have. Right. And so she felt I was very empathetic and kind in my my response. And I think as leaders, if we can all put ourselves in our employees shoes, I think that it makes things a lot e easier with communication and understanding and works a workspace environment. Yes, that's. Those are great points. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it's also important to remember all the things that you're saying and all the things that you're pointing to at the end are truly good for business too. If you have a happy employee or you have someone who feels comfortable and, and you know, safe for lack of a better word, that's going to then, you know, show in results of their, of their work. So it's all kind of tied together. So switching gears slightly, but kind of on the same track, let's talk about mentorship. 
Over the last seven years, you have mentored young advertising executives through Ad to Hawaii, which I learned while reading your Futures Female nomination. Why is mentorship and networking so important, not only to you, but do you think to women across the industry looking to advance their careers? Have you had mentors that impacted your career in life and what really sparked for you to want to give it back to the next generation? So, yeah, so I think mentoring and mentorship is really important for women. I think it's important for everyone, but I do think it's definitely important for women. I think it, one, in general, mentoring feeds the pipeline, but it also shows, you know, I think sometimes as women, we instead of being supportive of each other, we kind of see one another as competition. And, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think that's right or fair. I think we need to have women who support us. I think it's great for young women to see other women who are successful or who have grown in their careers and how they can follow that same track or path or get words of wisdom or, you know, tidbits or advice or, or just to see someone who may look like them or come from a place that like a small town and, you know, seeing that they have that ability to do that. So I mentor because I think it's really important to feed the pipeline. I think, I think it's important for young girls to know that even if they come from a small town in Hawaii, that they can go on to college and become successful in their career. I think it's really important for them to have someone to be a sounding board for them. And, you know, to just kind of talk through it from a female perspective. I mean, I still, I, I've had great mentors. I still do. You know, one of my former bosses, um, I mean, I reach out to her not as often as I used to, but she helped me make a decision on what high school my my older daughter should go to because I was looking, you know, looking at private schools because I really wanted her to go to, you know, private school. And she talked to me about you know, financial aid and scholarships. And, you know, she had done the research prior with her two kids. So she was a really great support system and sounding board for me from a personal perspective. From a career perspective, she nom- she was the one that nominated me for this United Way Fellowship. If it wasn't for her and her um, mentoring and support in my career, I wouldn't have gotten that fellowship. You know, it was her nomination, her belief in me that led me to to an incredible opportunity through the United Way system, you know? Yeah. What and, a special relationship to have. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. She's, you know, I, I mean, I've had others too, but I'm just using her as um, an example because she's helped me both personally and professionally. Yeah. And in addition to her, can you share any role models or any imp- influential women in your life who have inspired your career choices or decisions? Yeah, so I, I've i never met this person, um, but her name is Patsy Mink. I'm certain you're familiar with her. She's from Hawaii. She was a small town girl from a neighbor island here in the state of Hawaii. And she was the first woman of color and the first Asian American woman elected to Congress. And she's like known for, you know, all of the work she's done advancing women's rights and education, everything from gender and racial equity. Um, I think she worked on affordable childcare, you know, education, and she even was a supporter of Title IX. And for me, she's like this amazing person who came out of Hawaii, small town girl, 
you know, from a neighbor island, which is considered small, smaller than Oahu, you know, and then she, while she did all of that, she stayed rooted in Hawaii. I mean, she traveled back and forth, you know, making sure she was connected to the issues that Hawaii people, Hawaii and its people were, um, were facing, you know, and for me, That's, she's an incredible role model and an influential woman because she stayed rooted in her community, but she still was able to spread her wings and fly and make change, not just locally, but, you know, for, for all women and, you know, people of color across the board, right? So, yeah, she's a rock star. <laughs> She is. And I'm sure, and I'm sure you make sure your girls know about her too, which is so important, you know, as we look towards the next generation. Mm-hmm, definitely. Okay. So finally, as we come to a close on this very heartwarming and lovely episode, Futures Female Podcast, what do you hope listeners take away from this conversation? And what message would you like to leave with them? I've probably said it several times throughout this podcast, but um, put yourself in other people's shoes you know, and listen to listen and make sure that you, you know, you, you understand what other people are going through and, you know, everyone's path is their own. And I think that whether, you know, we're struggling at some point in our career or our life personally or professionally, we, you can, we can do it. Sometimes you think you can't. I mean, I did, I did it with, as a single mom with two daughters I raised them. I put them through on a nonprofit salary. <laughs> I put them through private school. Now my older daughter's in college and she is, and this is just shameless plug, she is majoring in race and social justice and wants to tell the stories of people of color and make a difference in this world. So know that if you take, know that you are making a difference and having an impact on whether it's your employees, your children, or you know, your colleagues. I think that, you know, I hope people know that they're important and everything that they do is connected in some way, shape or form and is having some type of ripple effect out there, um, whether they realize it or not. Wow. Well, those are beautiful words to close with. Um, Jody. thank you so, so much for your time. Um, and we're so excited, as I mentioned, to have you as part of our Futures Female community and network. Congratulations again on your win this year. And I can't wait to see what's next, not only from you, but also from India and Sage. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you again in the next episode.